Step 8. Forgive. Week 1, Day 4. Misunderstanding Biblical Forgiveness. The opening prayer for this lesson is, God, help me understand what forgiveness is and what it is not. Misunderstandings about forgiveness often keep us from forgiving others. As a result, we can remain stuck in fear, bitterness, and shame, and not experience the freedom of God's forgiveness ourselves. Misunderstandings can even cause us to enable others' harmful behavior or leave relationships broken. Some of us use our misunderstandings as an excuse for sin. Forgiveness, however, is a command of Christ. Matthew 18, verse 21 to 22 says, Then Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. If we are to walk with Jesus to love others as he loved us, it is helpful to understand what forgiveness is not. Forgiving someone can be scary, especially if that person is unrepentant and continues harmful behavior. We may feel that by forgiving someone, we are excusing sin or allowing that person to get away with a wrong. Or we may think that forgiveness means we must deny pain and ignore the offense. We might fear that forgiveness means we reconcile with a person who is not trustworthy. But these are misunderstandings of biblical forgiveness. Consider these common misunderstandings of biblical forgiveness. Forgiveness is not excusing sin or claiming that a wrong suffered is now okay. There is no excuse for sin. God hates all sin, see Hebrews 1 verse 9, and demands death as justice for every sin, see Romans 6 verse 23. Sin is so serious that Christ died for it. See Hebrews 9 verse 22 to 28. Sin is never okay. Forgiveness is not freeing the guilty of a demand for justice. All sin must be paid for. Forgiveness transfers your demands for justice to God, for Him to execute in His time and His way. See Hebrews 10 verse 29 to 31. Forgiveness is not denying your hurt or stuffing your anger. You should be hurt and angered by sin. God is. Christ suffered greatly for the wages of sin. God's wrath was poured out on Christ at the cross, and His wrath will be poured out again on those who reject Jesus. See John 3 verse 35 to 36 and 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 7 to 9. Forgiveness frees you to work through the pain honestly as you release your resentments to God. Forgiveness is not a feeling and is not conditional. It is an act of the will between you and God, a release of your claim for justice to God through Christ without conditions. Corey Ten Boom, a Holocaust survivor, said, Forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Forgiveness is not forgetting. In fact, you must remember in order to forgive. You must remember the offense, Christ's suffering for sin, how much God has forgiven you, the coming judgment of God, and your decision to transfer justice to God. Forgiveness is not trust. Forgiving the past does not mean someone is trustworthy for the future. Forgiveness is a gift, but trust is earned or rebuilt by consistent trustworthy behavior. Rick Warren said, Forgiveness is a letting go of the past. Trust has to do with future behavior. 
Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is a transfer of debts between you and God alone. But reconciliation requires that you and the other person agree. You can forgive someone who is unwilling or unable to reconcile. You may remain unreconciled until that person reconciles with God. Take time to answer these questions now. Question 1. How does this list clarify your understanding of biblical forgiveness? Question 2. Does this list free you to be more forgiving toward others? Explain. You don't need to forgive God. Another misunderstanding of forgiveness is the idea that we need to forgive God for evil that He allowed. The Bible, however, says that God is perfect and all His ways are just. Deuteronomy 32 verse 4 says, God's work is perfect, for all His ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is He. A perfect being has no need for forgiveness from anyone. He has done no wrong. Usually, people who are struggling to forgive God are wrestling with unresolved anger or pain. They blame God and struggle to understand why God allowed injustice or suffering. God, however, does not always answer why questions. In fact, He often responds to why questions by describing who He is. See Job chapters 38 to 42. He reminds us that He is powerful, in control, present, understanding, just, and good. We are in the middle of God's rescue of a world damaged by the sinfulness of its people. Conflict, pain, and confusion exist in the middle of rescue efforts. We were once God's enemies, but Jesus suffered the punishment of sin to rescue us and make us God's children. In the end, God will execute justice. We will see clearly and peace will rule. Until then, people will get cancer. Children will die. Dictators will commit genocide. Rich will exploit poor, and so on. God will get rid of all sin when He is finished turning enemies into children. God intimately knows our pain and the cost of a broken world. He promises justice, healing, and peace. He is trustworthy even when we are hurt and things do not make sense. One quote that's attributed to Charles Spurgeon is, God is too good to be unkind, and He is too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot trace His hand, we must trust His heart. If you are struggling to forgive God, ask yourself, Am I willing to trust God's character in the midst of pain I do not understand? Am I willing to let God have my anger and suffering along with my sin? When anger and pain over a wrong suffered grows into resentment toward God, anger and pain have turned into sin. Ephesians 4 verse 26 to 27 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Answer this question. Question 3. If you have resentments toward God, confess them. Ask God to take your anger and heal your pain. If not, write a prayer thanking God for His goodness even in the midst of pain. You can't forgive yourself. A final misunderstanding is that we somehow need to forgive ourselves. Forgiving ourselves is common terminology used to describe self-release of personal guilt and shame caused by our sin. The concept, however, is not biblical. 
Scripture says that only God can forgive sin. Mark 2 verse 7 says, Who can forgive sins but God alone? Romans 8 verse 33 to 34 says, Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. If we could forgive ourselves, we would not need Jesus. It would mean that Christ's sacrifice is not enough to cover our sins and free us from guilt and shame. When a Christian says, I cannot forgive myself, it means he or she is mistakenly holding on to guilt and shame for sins already paid for by Christ. This struggle may be rooted in one of these reasons. The person may be prideful. Pride whispers, I cannot believe I would stoop so low. I am above that sin. Pride struggles to accept God's charity. It wants to earn back God's grace, an undeserved gift. A prideful person wants to think well of or lift up his or her human nature. God's word may not be the person's authority. He or she believes another claim more than God's declaration of forgiveness. For example, Satan's lies, the accusations of someone they offended, or even their own thoughts and feelings. The person may have low self-worth or a misplaced identity. When thoughts such as, I do not deserve forgiveness, or I am not worthy of forgiveness, lead someone to feel guilt and shame instead of gratitude to Christ, he or she is seeking value and identity apart from Jesus. God claimed our lives as valuable to him through Jesus' blood. Christ's ransom, not our self-worth or merit, defines our true value and identity. The person may not be saved. He or she has not truly believed and received Christ's sacrifice as the only payment that satisfies the total cost of his or her sin. If someone has not accepted Christ's sacrifice as the payment for his or her sin, God may be convicting that person of his or her guilt so that the person may turn to Christ. The truth is that we are all great sinners, unable to overcome sin. We are capable of great harm. It is because God loves us that he offers forgiveness as a gift. God reclaims those who accept Christ's undeserved, unearned gift and calls them forgiven, righteous children. Forgiving yourself will never give you freedom from guilt and shame. You receive freedom from guilt and shame when you trust that Christ's claims upon your soul and identity are true. Answer this question. Question 4. How have you struggled with the guilt and shame of sin? The closing prayer for this lesson is, Father, help me understand how to forgive you as you have forgiven me. Take note. If you at some point have experienced freedom by releasing your guilt and shame to Jesus and have accepted his claims on your life as true, yet called it forgiving yourself, praise God for this work in you. The purpose of this section is not to deny the work that God has done in you, but to correct common terminology and communicate that freedom from guilt and shame is something truly received from God as we trust him rather than a result of something we can or must do on our own. Now it's time to take action. Try to recite Ephesians 4 verse 32 to chapter 5 verse 1. Then read over it five times and try again. Do the same for Colossians 3 verse 12 to 13 if you are going the extra mile.